ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Come with me to northwest Queensland. It's where ex-tropical cyclone Kiralee has dumped huge amounts of rain over the McKinlay Shire, especially over the past few days, resulting in record flooding and the closure of two major highways. And, of course, the rush to protect livestock, to move cattle to higher ground. Currently, the radar is showing it's not over yet. With the Gulf, west of Burketown, expecting to receive up to 150 millimetres of rain over the next 24 hours, only for that rain band to move back over the northwest once again tomorrow and hug the border with the Northern Territory, moving into the far southwest of the state. Let me take you back to the focus of where all that rain fell, where an unprecedented flood at a station owned by one of Australia's oldest cattle companies has seen the homestead complex flooded, but quick thinking has saved as many cattle as possible. The township of Kainuna is on the banks of the Diamantina River. That town located on the Landsborough Highway. Just to give you a location, it's about 1,500 kilometres northwest of the state capital, Brisbane. And just to put you in the picture even further, 303 kilometres southeast of the regional centre of Mount Isa. Close to that town is Kainuna Station. It was purchased by the North Australian Pastoral Company, or NAPCO, as it's known, and is run with the neighbouring Dagworth station. It amounts to 140,000 hectares and has around 4,000 head of cattle as a grass finishing operation. NAPCO CEO Alan Cooney explains how high the water came through the homestead compound. Yeah, so there's a, there is a very substantial fall of rain in the Diamantina catchment, which is sits just sort of southwest of Kainuna, and the geography of that area is pretty hard, hilly country and flats and all that sort of thing. So the water sort of comes down pretty quickly out of there. So we had a really substantial flood come, you know, down from the headwaters. There was a lot more rain up there than there was at Kainuna. That's sort of given us a pretty substantial flood, and it's actually the biggest flood that's ever been recorded at, at Kainuna. I think the station was moved away from the river some decades ago to, you know, to, to mitigate the sort of flooding, but they didn't move it far enough because it's sort of gone through all the buildings and flooded the whole compound, the whole station compound and all that sort of thing there. Right up to the ceilings, is that right? No, not right up to the ceilings. The deepest water I saw in photos was in the kitchen and it's it's you know it's lapped the, the bottom shelf where you put the big pots and pans and that's about as deep as it got in any of the buildings your people of course are safe they've been airlifted out they were airlifted out a couple of days ago uh, as the water started to rise we got a chopper in there and they um, uh, flew them out um, and they they've been staying nearby with friends uh, not in Kainuna because it got flooded as well but close by uh, and we've been We've been there every day, like you know, the manager's been back and forth every day. We've got a chopper operating at the area in the moment. So what about livestock on Kono Night? It was having a pretty good season, wasn't it? Because I'd had people pass through that area and give me reports that they'd never seen it looking better at that time of year. It was looking great. 
Yeah, we've had a, a couple of pretty good, three good years at Kainuna, actually. We don't think we lost a lot of livestock. We've, we had plenty of forewarning that the system was coming at us and the manager, he was on leave and he sort of decided to, to head home and, and move everything out of the channel. So he did that. So most of the stock, I think, are pretty safe. We may have lost a few, but we, we haven't observed any, any losses. But we won't really know until we do a muster and count. But the cattle were out of the you know, the most flood-prone areas. But it was an exceptionally big flood, so I'd be kidding myself if I thought we got off scot-free. But we certainly had, you know, we certainly sort of preempted the weather pattern and got in front of it to a certain degree anyway. So you'd sort of say minimal damages considering the extraordinary flood that you've seen? Absolutely, yeah. You know, I'm not expecting big numbers of losses, even though we'll probably see some. Part of Kainuna Station and operated with it is Dagworth. It's in what would be considered high ground. There are the Dagworth Hills there. How did things go there? I know that the homestead is used on occasion for mustering, but there's no one stationed at the homestead at Dagworth. Is that right? It's used pretty regularly as a, you know, as an operations base, but there's nobody lives there permanently. And look, I, I don't know what what the state of affairs is at Dagworth, but it's out of any sort of flood areas and it's probably, unless there was a bit of damage from rain, it's probably okay over there. Now, Mark Walsh was the manager in 2019 when the the tragedy that befell that country and the numbers of livestock losses were, were just enormous. What does he have to say about the comparison between the two events? Two completely different events. You know, the 2019 flood event was was incredibly unusual the real problem was the weather pattern that that came after it which was those long days of really cold weather and all that sort of thing so we we have nothing like that going on there at the moment like i was talking to mark two days ago and the sun was out and it was bright and shiny and hot so you know it's a completely different type of weather event we just don't expect to have any stock losses from that type of weather event. As you've said, you've got to wait for a muster to really calculate those. But what about damage to the homestead complex? Have you got any sort of tallies on what that'll cost to get back up and running? At this stage, we've got no idea. We've got a builder. We've got a builder going to have a look in the next couple of days. We'll have a NAPCO Mud Army team head up there again in the next couple of days and get a clean up going and and also do a bit of an in- inventory as to see what the tally looks like. But it went in sort of, sort of over the floors in the buildings, but it didn't do, you know, didn't do a lot more than that. So, you know, I don't expect it to be huge, but we will have a damage bill, of course. There's, you know, flood water through all the buildings and we, we you know, came so quickly we didn't have any opportunity to move machinery and those sort of things. So there'll be some losses of sorts. To say nothing of the fencing, no doubt, with a flood coming that high, that'll, that'll be a task ahead yeah, there'll be some, there'll be some fencing. If anybody, any young people want a uh, want a career in the bush, I think go and be a fencing contractor in the north. There's plenty of work. That's right, kilometres and kilometres, no doubt. Kilometres and kilometres, yeah. Alan Cooney, you've come from flood country. You know what it's like when a flood comes through. I understand this flood came through in the daylight. That that's got to be a, a huge blessing. Yeah, I grew up in flood country and I, I can still very clearly remember my father coming home one afternoon quite late and said, my mother, pack those kids up and, and go. There's a wall of water coming our way. So, you know, I remember that and remember many times 
my father carrying my two sisters on his shoulders and, and mum dragging me along by the hand and belly deep in floodwater, you know, evacuating our home. And well, I don't know how many times we did that until my father decided it was time to shift the whole homestead complex, which he did. He packed it up and moved it at five kilometres onto some higher ground. So. With that personal insight, you'd have a special eye over some of your staff because natural disasters like this can really affect people mentally. Yeah, it does. And and one of the sort of more heartbreaking things about all this, particularly in stations, you know, the sort of stations that we operate, is that the floods take the gardens away. And when you live in the bush and you do the work that, that people do and we do in, you know, on the stations, it's it's pretty hard. You go out and it's a pretty tough environment but it's always good to come home and there's a garden and and sort of a bit of tranquility get a bit of rest every day and then you you sort of you know recharge to go again well I think that's one of the you know one of the most heartbreaking things and certainly for my mother she lost a garden I've lost count of how many times and every time she had to start again from scratch with a garden and I think that's one of the biggest tragedies in all this is those things that you don't really think about that you lose that that you you know you really got to start again. So you know I'm very aware of that, and you know the people that live there, we try and provide a you know a very pleasant place to live and work from, and all that sort of thing. And we you know one of the foci will be to to get everything back to normal as soon as possible, and and try and mitigate the potential for it to ever happen again. Alan Cooney, looking at today and just where that low is, it's still a feature. It's still dropping a lot of rain. Natco's other two properties to the north of where we're talking about, the north of Kainanda Station, the north of Cloncurry, indeed, Kalula and Boomera. Kalula on the left side of the highway, if you're looking north, and Boomera on the right side of the highway. Kalula's got the Leichhardt River running through it. What are things looking like there? I haven't had any reports that, to concern me about what's happening there at the moment. That could change you through the day, but at the moment it's it's you know business as usual. That for wet season at both those places at present, but we are keeping a pretty close weather eye on that system, which seems to be wanting to move itself around and create a bit of havoc in the west. But I'm I'm actually pretty excited. I think the you know the way the system's shaping and the reading of the forecast we'll probably get some we'll probably get some rain in in what's you know in some areas that are that are dry for us at the moment you know out in the channels so yes down further it'll be interesting to see whether water reaches through some of those stations down there obviously thundering down Moncara will be cut off yeah Moncara will get a will get a, a pretty good flood from the you know the event at at the top of the Diamantina, so it's it's a week or week or so away, I suppose, or a bit more, for that water to get there. And it's and there'll be a lot of water holes and a lot of channels and dry gullies and all that to fill up. So we we don't really know yet what the effect will be, but there'll be quite a good flood and quite beneficial flood uh, at this stage anyway at, at Moncora. So uh, and we're expecting a pretty big one, so it'll get out of the. It'll get out of the gutters and gullies and and get out on the floodplain, which is only beneficial for us. That's Alan Cooney. He's the CEO of NAPCO. That's the North Australian Pastoral Company. Let me take you now further north up the Landsborough Highway and take a left along the Flinders Highway. That area's already seen some significant rain. And then you go up the Burke Development Road up into the Gulf Country because it's Burke Town where right now is the focus of that ex-tropical cyclone Kiralee. 
in an area where just 12 months ago there was a devastating flood. Ernie and Kylie Camp are at Floraville Station, just outside Burke Town. I got Kylie on the phone to find out just what's happening at her place right now. So we've had 63 mil till nine o'clock this morning. It started raining here about quarter past two yesterday afternoon. So we've had 63 mil and since nine o'clock we've just had just passing monsoonal showers, which is what you'd expect this time of year, yeah, with a monsoon around, trough around. It doesn't help you trying to get your washing done or anything dry. And, and is it still incredibly humid at the moment? Oh, no, thankfully the humidity has dropped because it has been horrendous. Yeah, literally changing clothes if you've been outside three or four times a day because they're just saturated and it looks like you've been standing under a tank. So was it at that um, 90 yeah. that ninety percent humidity mark when it was really hot before this system came across? I don't know if it was at 90, but it certainly would have been, yeah, at least 80%, yeah, very elevated. And, and of course, temperatures in the high 30s or into the well into the 40s, you know, we've had pretty consistently since November, very few days under 40. That's an incredible period of those high temperatures. Amongst that, had you had rain in late December, early January? At the house on the eastern, which is on the eastern side of the property, um, we had very little rain prior to some rain in a in a monsoon when the monsoon first kicked off, sort of that mid-January period, and we got about six or seven inches. Then I just can't quite recall the exact number off the top of my head. Here at the house, to the western area portion of the property it had had a little bit of rain earlier on a few inches so it was looking pretty but here at the house prior to that rain in January we'd only had that 12 mil so it was very hot and dry and and even with the rain that you had earlier on with those intense temperatures you know it soon knocked the grass around. So compared to what the situation was 12 months ago in the in the lead up to those incredible floods that you had What's it? What's it looking like? I mean, you've the the system's far less saturated, isn't it? So you're you're in a better position than you were twelve months ago. Is that right? Oh, for for that kind of catastrophic flooding, I certainly hope so. Um, but yeah, certainly. Like um, you know, we had last year was a phenomenal wet season, and and when that front came in, that dropped us like that five hundred million five days or whatever. We'd already had like 1,300 mil here. So we were well and truly saturated. Everything was already full um, and running high and the water had nowhere to go except up. So, you know, we're not at that position certainly at this time. I mean, the Leichhardt here was just under 0.9 yesterday and it's been consistently high since that rain in early January. It haven't really got below 0.4 at any period since that January rain. So it is flowing, but there hasn't been the big falls all along that's going to bring it up as it was. And there certainly hasn't been all the catchments, certainly haven't, you know, so that everything comes down at the same time certainly isn't, hasn't occurred yet either. So I don't think I've got every crossable bit crossed when I say that that we'll see a repeat of that. But we have seen the incredible falls at this low. ex has delivered south of Cloncurry and Julia Creek and the Kainoon and McKinley areas. So we do know that there are big falls in it possible and that would be a game changer, of course. But certainly it 
it does give me anxiety when last year still very fresh and raw in my mind. And I know others in this district here are also feeling quite anxious as well. It, and and it seems such a trite question how it makes you feel, but but obviously you and Ernie have lived up in that country, well, Ernie all his life, but you've seen wet seasons come and go, but for what was a, a hugely catastrophic flood last year that inundated your home, now, and as you've described to me, it's, it's sort of usual wet season stuff. You know that it is an ex-tropical cycle and has the potential for, for dropping huge rain. You've acknowledged that it does make you feel anxious. What have you got in place? Have you got any strategies in place to, to help you out in this time? Uh, I think just having a, a good network of support. Like, you know, I'm in a couple of groups that are quite a supportive network, so I think that's a good thing. And then you can and you can share your concerns and fears because many of those supportive groups have been through similar things. So that's quite a powerful thing. And, oh, well, in your family, like your family as well. Really, it's just talking yourself down off the tree because you, you've got to be rational about it because if it hadn't been for last year, the rain we're getting now wouldn't make me feel anxious because it really is a normal wet season activity. But because we've seen what's possible and it's still very fresh, it does rightfully or wrongfully elevate the ang- anxiousness and concern, though there is probably no rationale behind it, if you know what I mean. If last year wasn't fresh in your mind, you know, I wouldn't feel these feelings that I'm feeling at all. But Mother Nature is what she is. She's sometimes generous and she's sometimes not. As anyone in ag would say, you just got to roll with it because that's what goes with our game. Absolutely. Do you think talking about it helps and, and acknowledging it helps? Oh, I think so, yeah. I think it probably depends on your personality, but for me personally, yes, it does help. And, yeah, to recognise it and acknowledge it and and also acknowledge that it is valid and it's okay to feel like that, like that you're not being silly or irrational, that it is actually a perfectly normal human response and that's okay, I think is also a good thing. That's Kylie Camp. She and her husband, Ernie, are on Floraville Station near Burketown in Queensland's Gulf Country. 